¡Ay! 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 Hola amor. Hola cariño. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror. A Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hi. Hi. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Everybody listening is like, Huh? They're One? like, it's December, Hope. <laughs> it might as honestly, this will probably come out closer to December than Halloween. Yeah. So anyway. S sorry guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy to Thanksgiving. All of you. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> Truthfully, honestly, every day is Halloween for us over here at Uy, qué horror. It's true. So fucking we are, we are Latine every day and, and Halloween. Halloween every day. Every day. <laughs> Absolutely. How's it going over there? Good. Um, I think we need to address the elephant in the room. And that elephant in the room is a gift that we've received. Oh, my God. So we've talked about this amazing Instagram before, Mexicans Art. We always don't know how to say it, but mm -hmm. it's owned by Aide Yanes. And she has a bunch. She has a sweet little store that she sells amazing um, Mexican-inspired and Latina-inspired uh, products that are very beautiful. She always has little... Uh, um, like fairs and like uh, here's this beautiful stuff I'm selling. Anyways, I love it. she very kindly asked me us uh, where to send a gift to. And uh, she sent it to my place and uh, I have it here. And I was like, Johnny, we should, well, you said, Johnny said, let's open it on the pod. And so we are going to open it on the pod. Yes. This very non-visual, uh, <laughs> medium <laughs> but this but is a okay. this is a special occasion for us because i don't think we've ever received i believe this is our first like podcast gift i believe so it's a gift that we can like hold and open in our hands oh my god i'm so excited <laughs> to see a ver. oh because it's mexi icons i get oh. it now oh Oh my God, Mex icons art. Mex Mexico. Icons. Wow. Like Mexican now we icons. Get it. Got yes, it. Oh now my gosh. We get it. Oh, I'm so sorry. We are such such fools. But we got We're it now. Dummies. <laughs> uh so they're coloring books. One that has little Frida in the front. Que belleza. I'll take a picture to post on Instagram. Oh my when god. We got Leyenda's <gasps> coloring book. Wow. Ooh, it comes with, like, stickers inside, too. We got more leyendas, like El Chupacabra y La Llorona. I fully thought that was a chihuahua. That's the Chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in other places. And then a little calendar. Oh, my, a calendar? Oh, my God. Uh, yes. Listen, you have nailed Eileen Clark when you send her a calendar. Absolutely. I love Holy, a calendar. Eileen loves a calendar. <laughs> Wow, what I'm a, a I'm sweet... A... Um, a ver. <laughs> I'm not over oh the calendar. God. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so she sent us some pelos de monja nun oh, farts. Que delicia. Which are, <laughs> what the hell is that? They're uh, milk chocolate. <gasps> wow. So, pelos says, de monja. Pelos, it says, pelos de monja más vale adentro que afuera. <laughs> 
I agree. Better in than out. I say that all the fucking time. Better in it than out. Here, or better out than in. in I'm sorry. Better out than in. Yeah. But this one is in because we want to put these mm. in our bodies. We gotta. We want to eat them. Those fucking and in nun the back, farts. It says, <laughs> El chocolate que tiene en sus manos posee un gran valor ya que es elaborado a mano, los ingredientes que lo componen son 100% mexicanos de extraordinaria calidad que conforman un fino y exclusivo sabor. Pedos Nebonja, una divinidad terrenal para compartirse y divertirse con clase. ¿Ok? Oh. Aquí tenemos clase. <laughs> we are very classy. We are classy in here. Oh, man. A ver, some, uh, mas... some little, they're little marshmallow calaveritas. Oh can my you see? God, I can. So sweet. Oh my God. They're like literally little sugar skulls, but like I'm smushing them like marshmallows. I love it. And then we got a little card. Oh, I love this fucking little postcard. It's Ooh, got all these hey. Mexican icons, quite literally. Yes. And it says... Hola, Johnny and Eileen. Enjoy these treats or tri <laughs> enjoy this tri these treats or trick <laughs> for Dia de Brujas. XO Aide. Que linda. Que Thank you, Aide. Bella. And I love icons it. Icons art. Yes. I'll make sure, I promise here and now, I'll make sure and mail half of this to you. But if it's okay with you, I'm keeping the calendar. <laughs> Absolutely. That calendar has your name all over it. Please yes. keep it, put it up. I love it. That's incredible. Oh my God, that's so sweet. Thank you so much, Aile. We really appreciate it. I am touched in my spooky little black heart. <laughs> Me too. Uh, how rare for us to be emotionally available like that. <laughs> That's not true. We are good people, okay? Yeah, we just, you know, we all, we've all got our barriers and stuff, but I am definitely touched. <laughs> I am moved. Um, yes, thank you so much, Aidea. We amazing. appreciate you. Everybody go check out her Instagram. I believe she's got an online store, so get over there, click around, and see. You can get your very own calendario and coloring books and yummy treats. So Love it. Support local vendors. And on Instagram, that's Mex Icons Art. Yes. Check it out, everybody. I yes. love it. And if you're in San Diego, go check out her store in person. Hell yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. Now, let's get down to business, everybody. We got to talk spooky movies. Are we ready? Yes, it's true. All right. Yes. So it was my pick this week. And uh, I picked this movie from Honduras. And so for those of you who do not know, my mom is from Honduras, so this was very special for me. We've only done one Honduras film before, which, by the way, so that mm -hmm. was um, El Regreso de la Llorona, I believe is what Correcto. it was called, which was filmed, at least partially filmed in La Ceiba, which later on mm -hmm. when I was talking to my mom about that, app apparently that's where my grandma is from. She's from <gasps> La Ceiba, and I just had no wow. idea. Well, now we know. So, but to, so this, okay, so this is a film from Honduras, pero it was filmed in the United States. So this is an Honduras, United States co-production. It says it at the top of the movie. Right at the top. We open it up. United States, Honduras co-production. Yeah. So, so the movie I picked is called La Condesa. 
It is from 2020. It was written by Oscar Estrada and directed by Mario Ramos. So, okay. We're going to talk about this movie today. We're going to get into it. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will get into it. Okay. Anyway, before we go there, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Yes, please. And let's do some titulos de terror. So Yes, I'm very interested to see what you picked. So this is a, you know, spooky haunted house vibes kind of movie. So I picked The Haunting from 1999. Mm -hmm. Jan DeBont, I believe, was the director. Catherine Zeta-Jones. fucking DeBont. Owen Wilson? Luke Wilson? God damn it. I think it's Luke. No, mentira. Owen. It's what? Owen Wilson. So in Spanish, The Haunting was called La Maldición. Okay. <gasps> Okay. And in Portuguese, it was a casa maldiçoada. <laughs> All right. So if you haven't seen The Haunting, okay. it's trash, but I highly recommend it. <laughs> All right. But we're not talking about that today. <laughs> we are talking about La Condesa. So how about we get a little synopsis from you and then we're going to get into this house. So this is from the Amazon description from where I watched it from. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Brothers Felipe and Eduardo and their girlfriends visit their late grandmother's old home and plunge into a nightmare when they discover a dark family secret hidden for generations. Forty years later, their niece Sandra and her girlfriend Deborah return to the house and uncover the same old mystery and the consequences of revealing it. Great. Okay, everybody. Yep, that is... At, speaking of Biblias, let's get into this. Because uh, it's... this. Okay, it's going to be... We're about to do a lot of like hop, skip, and jump, and back and forth we in time. We are jumping so, through time. Yeah, yeah, so just bear with me, everybody. Here we go. La Condesa. So like we said, right at the top in the credits, it says this is a co-production of Honduras and the United States, which I love that that was, you know, the first little thing we see. So we get some shots of chandeliers and cherubs and cupids, like little uh, statues, you know, decorations under our credits. But then halfway through our credits, things start to get spooky. It looks spookier. Yeah. Even the music is like. Yes. Ding, 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 it gets ding, more like ding, ding. I'm spooky music now. <laughs> <laughs> a Spanish woman's voiceover says every story has a beginning. But what is our beginning? When we are born, when we have a conscience, which by the when I say Spanish woman, I mean like from Spain. España, because we are talking. This is the word that popped out for me. She says, conciencia. That. <laughs> conciencia. Conciencia. Because you got to say the S of the cons, but then ciencia. Conciencia. That is too much for my mouth. <laughs> And that's what she said. That's what she said. All right. So she continues. Or he or they. Or he, they. You know, we do not judge here. Get it in your mouth, everybody. Put it in your mouth. What's happening? Okay, here we go. Oh, wild from the top. <laughs> okay, I'm sweating. Okay, here we go. So she continues. Uh, is it when we are conceived? Or maybe it's long before that and we are... The legacy of our ancestors. So basically what we're talking here is like ancestors, 
herencia, you know, uh-huh. hereditary, if you will. Oh, my. Oh, my God. And then we get our title card, La Condesa. So it's fall slash winter in the 70s in Argentina? Girl, where is this movie happening? Okay. Where? Spoiler alert for trivia, this movie was filmed in Ellicott City, Maryland, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump from where I am right now. I live in D.C. Yeah. It is not too far from here. I Beto, saw that. I don't think this movie is supposed to actually be taking place in Maryland. I believe we're supposed to be in Argentina right now. There is one man yes. that has an Argentinian accent in this, mm-hmm. and it's pretty strong and good. Yes. I will get there. Mm-hmm. Pero, quote unquote, Argentina, it's not, uh, we don't get it. It's not stamped right no. away. It's a tough one to find, basically. Sure. Yeah, agreed. So we see a very cool black car pull up to an old mansion. And the the man driving the car, Felipe, says, Welcome to La Condesa, the house where our grandma lived. <laughs> the house where our grandma lived. <laughs> I thought that sentence continued. Whoops. All right. <laughs> I'm doing great. Okay. Yeah. And then four good-looking 20-somethings climb out of the car. And I just got to... So it's the 70s. The looks are fab. Great looks. Fab. Great looks. Oh, my God. Amazing. Love, love. Want to wear these clothes. Yeah. And Felipe says, the town bears the name of this house. So this is... The house is called La Condesa. This town is called La Condesa, which... Apparently, the town is named after the house, so this house yeah. is quite important, is what's being established. So the two guys here are brothers. These are Felipe and Eduardo, and they've brought their girlfriends with them, Angelica and Paola. So Felipe continues, he says, My grandpa built this house around 1900 to bring his wife Isabel to live here. She was La Condesa. He wanted her to live as comfortably as she did in Bulgaria. So they go inside. And I think they're just here for like a weekend away. Like this is just like a weekend getaway, which is another thing that's never fully established. Unless I missed it. No, no, no. It's definitely not established at all. Yeah. It's just like, let's have a fun weekend away. Okay. So Felipe and and Angelica speaking about fun weekends away, go upstairs to have sex. And meanwhile, (laughs) I mean, walk (laughs) in the door. Boom. We're going up. Adios. We're we're ready to fuck. Bye. (laughs) And meanwhile, downstairs, Eduardo unloads groceries onto the dining room table while Paola explores the house. It's the next morning, and we get a shot of Angelica and Felipe naked in bed, and we get a nice butt shot from Felipe with his fuzzy buns. I, that's what I wrote, but... Yeah. Oh, by the way, the first time that I heard the the Argentinian accent where I was like, ah. oh, somehow Argentinian, was when... Uh, my dude is unloading the groceries and he turns to Paola and he's like, Ashuda con las cosas. Yeah. Ashuda. And I was Ashuda, like, okay, yeah. here's Argentina. Ashuda con las cosas. Perhaps. And I was like, okay, Argentina. Uruguay, puede else... ser. You know, you never yeah. know. But yeah, no, but the thing is like, your everybody else's accent is not really Is bad. not. Yeah. This... And even his brother, yeah. who was like, there were a couple of lines that he maybe was like, sure, yeah. pero... Not enough. But honey, as you and I know, we are now currently experts at the Argentino accent. I don't care what anybody says. We could be Argentinian. We could teach a class. And uh, and like, listen, 
my guy, if you're gonna have one Argentino brother, por lo menos el otro que esté yo, ya, ya, boludo. Well, interesting here, which we'll get more into trivia, this is a very multicultural, diverse, diverse mm -hmm. cast here. Yeah. Like, top of the movie was Consciencia, like España, zapatos. España, And then zapatos. we're Argentina, but then other people do not have the accent. It's just like, we are... We're from all over the place. It's Latino America, yeah, baby, up in this, in this spooky film. house. Yeah. Okay, so back to Felipe's cute fuzzy buns, naked in bed. Great buns. Great buns. So, <laughs> so Angelica gets out of bed. She gets dressed and she goes downstairs. She sits at the dining room table where Paola and Eduardo are having breakfast and discussing the book that Eduardo has been reading, which is the book. House taken over by Cortázar. Okay, so Eduardo says, I don't understand something in this book. What do the whispers mean? Is that the ancestors whispering? Is it ghosts? And Paola says, no, I think it's a reference to the political situation in Argentina. The house represents the country. The whispers are people fearing the claims of the poor. And the siblings in the book are the decadent bourgeoisie that seek refuge in their incestuous relationships. Okay, so this does have to do with our film, kinda. <laughs> but I don't Hearing it now uh -huh. makes more yes. sense. Because I was sitting there and I wrote, Okay, smarty pants. No les entendí ni verga. This is very like smarty pants kind of stuff right here. And I get how this ties in. I think we should just wait till later in the episode yeah. to like, it, it will make sense to you. I don't think we really need to discuss this further. You know what I mean? Yeah. At this point, I was like, ¿y por qué están hablando de esto? And this like, y es que esto y el otro y el otro y el esto y que no sé qué cuánto I'm like bro yo no soy inteligente suficiente para entenderlo like what does it mean and this is where I was like wait what country is this in is this why they're referencing Argentina because sure. they're in Argentina mm -hmm. like no entiendo and also like nothing has happened yet for us to understand the context of this so now sure. so it's just literally somebody reading a smart book at me and I'm like I don't need that. This Around the cool. breakfast table? <laughs> I haven't had my coffee yet, you know? Girl, thank but, you. <laughs> but it's like, I think what it's, what it's also being established here is like, these seem to be college students. Yeah. And also, this is the 70s. And they're talking about like a different political time, a different political right. era. And, uh, you know, the whispering and the ghostly aspect of what Eduardo it was mentioning, this does tie in later in our film. So let's yeah. keep going. So then Felipe comes down. He joins them at the dining room table and like, bam, starts to act like a dick to everybody. But Paola specifically. So Felipe asks her, how long did it take you to figure out how much money Eduardo, my brother, has like his inheritance? And Paola says, uh, not interested in that and honestly had no idea. So I think what we're establishing here is Eduardo and Felipe, the brothers, and maybe Angelica too, mm -hmm. are from Argentina and they have money. Okay? Yes. Paola is different. At this point, we don't know where she's from. Not yet. Right. And she seems like an outsider in this rich kid group. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. 
So later on, everyone is hanging out outside. Felipe and Angelica are rolling up a joint and then like a little ways behind them sitting on a bench. Eduardo and Paola are playing cards. And Angelica, who, by the way, looks like a brunette Sherry Moon zombie to me, uh, Rob Zombie's wife. Do you know what she looks like? Honestly, she could walk down the fucking road and I'd be like, sorry to this <laughs> sorry man. Sorry to I don't this know man. This. <laughs> I do not know. I do not know who this lady is. People so. watch this movie and be like, that is a brunette <laughs> Sherry Moon zombie. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so everybody else, not me. Not I would Eileen, be like, sure, everybody that else, lady. You let us know. <laughs> so Angelica straight up says here, I don't like Paola. I don't know why Ugh. your brother is dating her. And I was like, well, that's a fucking shitty thing to say. Absolutely. And then Felipe says an even shittier thing. He's like, well, it doesn't matter. My mom won't accept her because she doesn't even know where she's from. So right uh-huh. here, this is very, this feels very like classist. Classicist? Yes. Class- classist. 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 So like, <laughs> b- basically, El Felipe y la, la Angelica are like, we we are too good for La Paola, and my brother is definitely too good for her. Like, she doesn't belong. Absolutely. And the fact that he brings up his mom, so he's yeah. like, not, not only us, but, like, our family isn't going to be into it. Because yes. the family comes along for our Absolutely. Thing. And honestly, like, it is an interesting thing that this movie does about, like, that is an interesting way to talk about generational bullshit passed down like this like classist fucking elitist bullshit racist bullshit racist bullshit which is established right here yeah anyway so angelica asks why haven't you brought me here before and felipe says well my dad doesn't like us to come here and by the way i didn't tell him that we were coming here so it doesn't seem like people really know that these four people are here at this old mansion house right right it's later on and Felipe goes in the house and he's looking through the grocery the groceries that have been left on the dining room table and he notices a can of tuna fish. I bring this up because I have to. Odio el atún. <laughs> Sorry. Like... Uh, okay. Who are you saying this to? Literally saying it to yeah. nobody. Nobody. What a fucking dick. Yeah. Don't be like this guy, everybody. Anyway, <laughs> more on this tuna fish later. So <laughs> he's looking at this tuna fish can when all of a sudden he hears a creak and a ghostly whisper. So he puts the tuna fish can back on the table. The whispering continues and it sounds like parcel tongue. It's like, Oh, I wrote Shoda Shusha, Shoda Shusha, Shoda Shusha. Absolutely. Shoda Shusha. Continuous whispering throughout this movie in every nook and cranny of this house, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So the whispering leads him to a spooky door. <laughs> he opens the door and finds a stairway. So he goes down into a basement, a dark, dingy basement, and there is a woman down there. It's a white woman, and she's dressed in a white kind of like old-timey dress gown thing, and she's got a long braid down her front. She looks at him, but he doesn't see her because this is a ghost. Who's a ghost? A ghost. Also, a Uh flickering... um, Fluorescent tube. A fluorescent tube, which I was like, in the 70s, did they have this? Girl, don't... (laughs) That... I do. Honestly, I put it in my notes like fluorescent tube. And I was like, 
I deleted it because I was like, I don't fucking know. This, my ass was, doesn't he, know. Because we go from like this, it doesn't look sepia, but they do a good job of making it seem 70s-esque. And yeah. like this house is old enough and looks abandoned enough to like seem almost brown tinged, sure. if you will. Mm-hmm. So when he goes down this these stairs to this like basement pit that he goes to, immediately the the tone changes be, or it looks different because immediately there's this light bulb flickering. And I was like, well, this house seems abandoned. And if it's mm. the 70s, how long has it been since they've been here? Would there be a fucking fluorescent bulb in there? Probably not at that time. <laughs> I have no clue. It, so I don't think it's abandoned as much as it is like nobody stays here, but they still take care of it. You Maybe know what I that's mean? It, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Another thing to add to what you just said is like, this is a beautifully shot film. Like it yeah, looks very much so. Very, very good. The color is nice. It sets apart. I mean, like I said, we're gonna bounce back and forth in time. Like it sets it apart subtly. I think that yeah. like it, it looks very, very good, I will say. I agree. Okay, so back in the basement with uh, Felipe, all of a sudden the lights go out. And then there's more whispering, so Felipe runs upstairs and out of the basement, and he finds Eduardo sitting nearby. And then, bam, the basement door slams shut on its own. So Eduardo's like, what the fuck? He goes to try the door, but it won't open. We oui. All right, everybody. Now, we cut to the present day, or at least 2019, okay? So we hear a voice approaching the same mansion from outside saying, since I was a little kid, I felt supernatural energies in this house. And then two women, Sandra and Deborah, walk into the house. And by the way, Sandra was the one who was like, I felt energies in this house since I was a kid. So it seems that she has ties to this house. Like this might have been her family's house. So Sandra is unloading her groceries on the dining room table when she finds that same can of tuna fish that Felipe was looking at back in the 70s. And she says, hey, look at this. It expired in 1979, 40 years ago. Okay, Mm, 2019, everybody. Meanwhile, Deora has gone into the sitting room and she finds an 1890 edition of Hamlet, which she's super excited about. Hamlet. Hamlet. Okay, so La Sandra pours them some fucking old ass whiskey that's been sitting here. Would since... you drink that? I don't think I would. That's too old. I don't old. think I would either. Like, I don't know how. I don't know how it works. Aging booze works. Like, I don't know if it's just sitting in a bottle. If you can just be like, well, still good because it's alcohol, and I'll throw it down my gullet like i also was like i don't know if i would drink this yeah that's a little too old for me i don't know whiskey connoisseurs tell us would that be fucking delicious you know yeah, can you just leave your jack daniels out for hundreds of years and just come back to it and drink it Probably. i mean i know like aged is supposed to be lovely but i was like i don't know i don't want to die out here i don't know yeah uh anyway so they fucking drink this old ass whiskey from the 70s and they smooch, so we realize, oh, they're a couple. Lovely. Also, Sandra is España. Yes. So Sandra, España, y la, ¿cómo se llama? La Débora, from somewhere else. Latina, yeah. pero uh, we don't, it, it never specifies, like, where Débora is from. Pero not yeah. España. No. Okay. 
So we discovered this house belonged to Sandra's family, and she explains, When my mom died, the lawyer made a list of all the properties she left behind, and I asked for ownership of this house. So they take a walk behind the house, and Sandra says, I think I'll finally be able to write my novel here, La Condesa. Mm. They go back inside the house, and they find an old discarded Monopoly game on a table in the sitting room. And nearby, Devora finds an old Polaroid, which she shows to Sandra. And Sandra's like, oh, shit. Those two guys in the picture, those are my uncles, Eduardo and Felipe. Ah, okay. So we're like, yeah. Sandra, this woman in present day, is the niece of Eduardo and Felipe. And Sandra says the the two women there are probably her girlfriends. And by the way, I never are probably their girlfriends. And I never met my uncles because my mom said they died in a car crash. Now, if you're going to walk into this house that your family has left behind and you go to put your groceries down and there's a bag there already with a 40 year old can of tuna and you're walking around and you discover uh, in the middle of the game mm. Monopoly board. Like it feels like this has been left así nomás, like in, en el medio de algo que estaba pasando. For 40 like, years. For 40 years. So yeah. like I would be incredibly unnerved to be like, why is everything left as if everybody left it yes. in a hurry or in the middle of it? Absolutely. You know? Like something happened here where everybody just left, quote unquote, uh -huh. left. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Agreed. Like it would be spooky. Spooks. Yeah. Okay, so we cut back to the 70s, everybody. And here we are with Felipe and our group. And they're taking this very same Polaroid that Deborah and Sandra are talking about in the present day. And I got to say, like, at least in the beginning of the movie, I thought that the transitioning back and forth between the 70s and present day was well done. Unfortunately, it got like a little mushy toward the end. I agree but as well. At the top, I was like, I'm feeling this. I like I'm following, you know, I thought yeah. it was well done. Absolutely. So the brothers are playing Monopoly. Angelica is watching them play and Paola is sitting nearby reading that same little Hamlet that La Deborah finds 40 years later. Uh-huh. But just then we hear a spooky whisper and nobody seems to hear it <laughs> except for Felipe, who says, that's the noise I heard coming from the basement. So they all get up and they walk to the door that leads to the basement. Felipe and Eduardo both try the door, but it won't open. And then Paola goes up to the door. She like barely touches it. She puts her hands up on the door and boop, it opens up for her. And they all go down into the basement. And it seems very what I will call tortury down here. That's what I wrote. Secret Tortury room. Yep. And Eduardo, like he even finds a little side room that has a fucking torture table in it. And Paola seems to be led by whispers to an old dusty photo album filled with newspaper clippings and pictures. And she reads one of the newspaper clippings, which says, The district of La Condesa is going through some dramatic shit after some reports of disappearances. With the disappearance of young Norma Zambrano, daughter of a local shopkeeper, there are now 10 missing young women. 
Political situations in the area are stopping the police from exploring the case further. But then, again, the lights go out, so they all freak out. They rush back upstairs where the lights are still on. And then back up in the sitting room, we see that Paola has brought the old photo album with her. And she's like looking through it. And she says, there are pictures of women tied to that torture table in this book. And so they all look at the pictures and we don't see the pictures, but we see their reactions to the pictures. And we can tell they're fucked up. I mean, was uh, Paola has to go Ralph, doesn't she run over to go vomit? She fully has to go vomit. I kind of appreciated that they didn't show us the pictures, even though I'm like full horror fan. Give me all the gore and the blood and guts. But I was like, I don't know. I like that choice. Just like trust that like that gives us enough information. That's you know what I mean? By them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, everybody cut back to the present day. I told you we're bouncing. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so La Débora is singing a song for her girlfriend, Sandra. And by the way, she's not too bad. You didn't like her? You didn't? Eileen's <laughs> face. I think her va- her voice was fine. But the fact that we cut to her playing the ukulele and singing a dumb song made me irrationally angry. I don't know why. Hey, listen. I was like... Why the fuck is this here? I, was I so might mad. have something for you in trivia as to like why this is oh, here. I know why. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll leave it for trivia. I didn't mind this situation. I didn't at all. I mean, sure. feel your feelings 100%. But I was like, Thank oh, you. I think, you know, play your little ukulele. I think she has a lovely voice. We have both described in a previous episode, if I'm not wrong, it was El Sanatorio back in the fucking day where we Uh were like, it burns my balls when people are like, I'm at a party. I'm just going to pull out my my guitar and like play a song for you. Hey, everybody. And this is Wonderwall. Right. Like it's look uh, at me. Look at me. Look yeah. at me. No, I don't want to. I was having I a good fucking time. So yeah, now I have to sit here and listen and to your pretend dumb to be song. like, I'm so glad you pulled out your fucking guitar <laughs> so I can listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> We're total dicks. We're dude. awful. But please. And this is coming performers okay you and yeah. i who are both absolutely fucking show whores we're like <laughs> ew don't fucking perform for us yeah. but when it comes to us doing yeah, the yeah. performing please that's all eyes all eyes yeah. on me um <laughs> anyway oh my god so <laughs> la deora is singing a song on her ukulele so Sandra seems to share your sentiment, though. She's <laughs> <laughs> she's sitting behind her working on her laptop, and she seems quite irritated. Yeah. <laughs> now this, I will say, this kind of, I was like, okay, again, like smarty pants. As soon as Deborah stops singing, she says, something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Hamlet. Deborah, exp- I was like, okay, all right. Oh, I get it. You read like Shakespeare. <laughs> we get it. You're smart. You know how to put words together. <laughs> so La Deborah explains that in Hamlet, it's the father who comes back and asks his son for help avenging his death. And so, okay, I think the reason we're including this in this film is because like ghosts are vengeful. They are resentful and they hold grudges. Okay, everybody, I this is important also, in this film. And also, like family, 
Like, mm. I think oh, there's yes. a big connection to, like, the family part of it all and um, and vengeful revenge, obviously. I, and, you know, I don't mind when within our films you give us, like, in the script, you give us references to what we're going to see, like, play out. Sure. Like, like this, like the, this other book that talks about Argentina. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. here we have a Hamlet reference. I just feel like, at least with these two references, they really tried to make it like a point to talk about this. It didn't feel seamless. It didn't feel organic. It was just like, by the way, Hamlet, am I right? Does it, I, Remember how Hamlet has a ghost? Yeah, yeah. totally. You know I, what I mean? I agree. Basically, a a theme in this film is generational trauma, for lack of a, Mm -hmm. you know, lack of a better term, phrase, whatever. Again, I will say, like, I feel like we didn't need the the little Hamlet book in this movie. Like, I feel like it's kind of unnecessary. And it was just like, it feels like an idea that was originally part of this film or script that should have been edited out because it I get it. You prove your point enough about generational trauma without Hamlet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I agree with you. You don't need to be like, oh, yes, I remember when uh, the fucking dad dies and then she she marries the uncle. Whoa, crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We get it. Yeah, we don't need it in here. But anyway. (laughs) We've seen the Mel Gibson star. (laughs) (laughs) Never seen it. Never seen that one. (laughs) Me either, everybody. Was that Kenneth Branagh? I'm cool. No, Kenneth Branagh did another one. Oh, my God. Mel Gibson did one. Puta. I mean, there's that one that has... Oh, no, that's Othello. What's the one that, that has Ethan Hawke? I think that might be Othello. Yeah, there's like a ver- modern version. So many I, versions. Julia Stiles plays... Desde- uh, no, not Desdemona. That's Othello. Not Desdemona. Um, uh, Ophelia. Fucking... Ophelia? No. no, not Ophelia. Uh... Yeah. So Is it Ophelia? These, I think so. <laughs> these two Who fucking, fucking idiots that? over here. It's uh, Juliet. That's uh, who it is. That's it's Juliet. Who it, oh, yeah, duh. It's Juliet. Okay. <laughs> We're not cutting this. <laughs> oh, my God. Two theater-trained uh, people that don't know their Shakespeare. We're listen, stupid. Listen, I'm a little hungover, everybody. Forgive me. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> Hamlet, everybody. So we're talking to Hamlet. Sandra is not feeling it, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to go outside to do some work. And then after a while, Devora goes outside to join her and Sandra is frustrated because she has writer's block. And she says, Isabel was the owner of this house. She married her cousin Felipe. Then he died and she went mad. My theory is that what happened to her is what happens to all powerful, independent women. She was rejected. After her husband died, Isabel was left in charge of the house. Something happened and Isabel was killed. My grandpa told me that a servant killed her because of jealousy, but my family doesn't really talk about all this. Now, I'm confused confused. because (laughs) Sandra is here. Uh To write her book. I'm confused (laughs) as to like, okay, we're talking about Isabel. We've heard this name before. Yeah. That was Felipe's, Felipe and Eduardo's grandma. 
from the yes. 70s. Right here, mm-hmm. Sandra is saying Isabel was the owner of this house. Got it. She married her cousin, Felipe. Uh-huh. Which to me, I was like, okay, so the grandpa's name was Felipe. I guess the son, the the also our character from the 70s is named Felipe. That is very confusing to me. That is very confusing. I don't think yeah. the name Felipe should be used <laughs> twice. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you throughout this movie, I was looking, unless I missed it, I was like, there is some sort of incestuous fucking something going on here that I'm not catching. Well, I was waiting for it because of the fact that in the beginning when Paola is talking about they're discussing that book of yes. whatever what's his fuck and she's like, "No, it's meant to be this and this and that and also the incestuous blah blah blah." And I was like, "Oh, incestuous. Okay. Where's that going to pop into?" Totally. And I mean, nothing. I guess I guess here like she literally just said Isabel married her cousin Felipe. But right. but I thought it was going to tie into Felipe in the 70s in some way. Uh-huh. Like I thought there was going to be something there. As far as I know, no, that is not well, what happens here. For me, what confused me was uh-huh. the word rechazada. She hmm. was like, she was rejected. I'm like, from who? Sure. When? Why? Where? Because <laughs> she, because as she's telling the story, she's like, her husband, her husband fucking Ugh, dies. Husband, yes. Her uh-huh. husband dies, and she went mad. Mm-hmm. And she, but I think this is Sandra saying. I think that she it just experienced the same thing that happens to every independent woman. She was rejected. Why? By whom? The gang. Yeah. And rejected how? Her husband died. It's not like he was like, no. And then he killed himself. Like, we never hear it. This was so confusing. No yeah. yeah. This was confusing. And speaking of confusing, they would, I was like, cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They is us. Li- she is the audience's perspective. She's like, okay. good luck with that book, babe. I'm going to go for ya. a walk in the woods. Yeah, so exactly. they would have. Goes for a solo walk in the woods and she stumbles across a fucking desiccated dead body in Corpse. the woods. Horrible. And this dead body, this old gross corpse, has a gold bracelet on its wrist that looks suspiciously like Felipe's gold bracelet. Okay. And it also has a horrible wig on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that wig. All right. <laughs> that wig on that skeleton. Wow. Speaking about horrible wigs. I mean, not that there are any in this fucking... <laughs> nobody's wearing a wig right now. No, except for that skeleton. This the only wig. <laughs> We're back in the 70s, everybody. So our 70s crew, they are all reeling after their discovery of the tortured, the tortured women in the photo album. And Paula says, we need to call the police. But Felipe says, we can't do that. We have to keep the secret. Sitting nearby, Angelica hears some spooky whispering. Now, this happens a lot throughout shusha, this shusha, film. Shusha. Show the shusha forever. <laughs> I'm not going to mention it every time because this would take for... I will mention it a few times when I feel I guess it's necessary, but it happens a fuck ton in this movie, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, but like literally after hearing the whispering, Angelica says, Felipe is right. 
If we told about what happened, it would be a dishonor for the family. And, and also what happened down in the basement happened a long time ago. So who cares? Which is fucking fucked up. Yeah. And like throughout this scene, it's whispers all over the place. Whispers. <laughs> and then finally, Paola, frustrated, she just runs off. And Eduardo, who, by the way, has been sitting there not saying a fucking word, not saying shit. Mm-hmm. He gets up to follow Paola, pero el Felipe stops him and says, this can never get out. Okay. Uh-huh. Eduardo chases Paola outside and he says, what's the point of bringing all of this to light now? And Paola actually says something that I really liked. She Mm. says, the point is to make sure that we don't keep doing this shit over and over so things can change. So we're not monsters forever, which I was like, yeah, girl, break that fucking generational trauma chain. Break it, you know? Totally. I liked this. And then finally, after they're like arguing, Eduardo goes back inside and to Felipe and Angelica, he says, don't worry, she's not going to say anything. We cut back to present day and Deora shows Sandra the dead body in the woods. And Sandra notices the gold bracelet on the dead body. And Deora's like, okay, let's fucking call the police. Like, it's time, let's call the police. And so now we get like a, a more of a... <laughs> a shot of the dead body and we see that foolish wig (laughs) that wig we see the gold bracelet gold like chain necklaces and we see like a a black leather jacket now correct me if i'm wrong people who listen to this podcast but would that not have withered away into dust who knows but especially out in the in the weather not buried it's out out to the elements yeah okay Anyway, this must have been a really good leather. Oh, my gosh. The best leather. Where'd you get this jacket? It lasts (laughs) you forever. So we're back in the house and we find out that Sandra's mom was born in 1965 in Argentina. And according to Sandra, she thinks that Felipe, the uncle, must have died in 1975. So Sandra's mom would have been around 10 years old when her brothers se colgaron los tenis, meaning they died. (laughs) Well, this, okay. So, Débora is the one that goes, she asks, like, ¿Cuándo fue que ellos se colgaron los tenis? And Mm -hmm. Sandra's like, huh? And she's like, Uh you know, died. Yeah. And I was like, I literally wrote, this script feels so clunky Mm. because it's meant to be I mean, I guess I don't want to assume, but that just seems like a phrase that nobody fucking says. I've never heard it before. The only reason I brought it up is because I'd never heard it before. It was like, sure, they hung up their shoes. They're dead. Sure. In my mind, I'm like, colgaron los tenis. Like, you know how in... in, um, Streetlights? In like the favelas in Brazil, they'll throw... That means that somebody dies is when they throw shoes Ah. over on the the thing. So that's what I thought of. But I'm like, I've never heard, especialmente los tenis. Like that seemed... I don't know. This That phrase made me... You know, maybe I I think you've probably like hit it that that's probably what it is what you're talking about like throwing the shoes over like you know power lines over the over the I'm, power lines yeah, yeah shit yeah, like yeah. that. 
anyway, so Sandra's all like, I don't know either because we, I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Nobody's sure in this movie because we really didn't talk about all that much in my family. Up until today, I thought my uncles had died in a car accident, just like she said before. I don't know. I was like, yo no sé con esta España. I called yo uh, her, her nickname to me was España and my all my notes say España. I was like, you are fishy, girl. Fishy, yeah. fishy, fishy. I don't, I don't trust, trust you. you. I don't. No, 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 no. And so Bebora is like, okay, we need to call, we're going to call the cops, right? Like, let's fucking call the cops. <laughs> and then again, a spooky whisper. And Sandra says, what are we going to tell the cops? Let's not ruin the moment. We'll call them tomorrow. And I just wrote here in all caps, no. No. You should have called them the second you fucking saw that dead body, are you Absolutely. nuts? Absolutely. Are you nuts? First of all, you want expect me to sleep in that house with a full on dead cuerpo? body chilling outside? Ew. Not no. for us. I thought the exact same thing. I cannot close my no. eyes knowing no, that there until is a that fucking body is gone. Ew. N- Ew. Never. Not for a second. Never. Not one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's later on. We're still in the present day, and we get that same shot that we saw earlier of Angelica and Felipe sleeping naked in bed with Felipe's uh, fuzzy buns. But now is Deborah and Sandra naked sleeping in bed. And at the foot of the bed, we see a ghostly hand reach out and touch the sheets. Deborah wakes up and she sees the ghost of Paola. So Deborah gets dressed and she follows Paola's ghost downstairs to the basement door. And she asks Paola, you want me to go in there? And then boom, the lights switch on. It's Sandra. They go back to bed. Hmm, okay. Interesting. Cut back to the 70s. Paola has opened the basement door and she sneaks down into the torture room basement. And she's looking around for evidence, it seems. I think that's what she's trying to do down there. Yeah. When in comes Felipe and he says, I knew Eduardo was lying. So Paola tries to run, but Felipe attacks her. I mean, I knew it. We all knew that these they were going to try and kill this girl. Of of course. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we cut back to the present day. Deora wakes up from a nightmare, kind of like she was just seeing what happened to Paola, that attack. Mm. Deora is having this like hazy, gauzy vision i will say and so in this vision she sees like the 70s people our crew from the 70s sitting around the dining room table eduardo is at the head of the table and he is like eating and vomiting back up a bowl of what i called look like black looking chili like it looks like chili (laughs) pero pitch black yeah like uh like chili but if it had um squid ink in it yes absolutely and more like goopy i will say chunky goopy black asco asco yeah nearby felipe and angelica are like sitting there watching eduardo eat and they're very confused they're just like what's going on here and so was i so also in the corner there is la condesa Isabel, who is just kind of like overseeing this whole scene. And, you know, Deborah can see all these people from the 70s. She can see La Condesa and La Condesa can see Deborah. Like she looks right at her. Right. It's very confusing. (laughs) I do think it kind of like 
I think I can kind of resolve it as we get further in the okay. movie. I'm excited. But I also was just like, ¿Qué está pasando? Porque el brother comiéndose el squid ink, it also mm-hmm. looked like he was spitting it back up and then yeah. kept eating it. And I was yes. like, I don't understand what's happening mm-hmm. here. It's very like cyclical, I will say. Mm-hmm. That's what I got mm-hmm. from this. This is, mm-hmm. you know, a cycle. So we cut to Deborah. She's sitting outside the house now and she looks rough. Like, Fucked. Yeah. She looks quite tired. Sandra comes out. She brings them both a cup of morning coffee and Deborah says to Sandra, your uncles and those two girls are in the house. They can't see us, but they're there. They're trapped and they don't know it. And Sandra says, oh, you're just stressed because you saw a fucking dead body yesterday. <laughs> if Who's it makes still you, out there? Who is still? Can't you smell it? It's just rotten in the woods. Gross. Um, and she says, if it'll make you feel better, we'll go to the cops today. And we'll tell them everything that happened. Um, Should have done that. Been done that. And Deborah says, I want to go in the basement. So they go back into the house Sandra opens the basement door. This was the fishiest she's been to me. She like opens it and she's like, you sure you want to go down there? And I was like, bitch, what what are you hiding? What is going on here? Pero la Débora says, yes, I want to go down because it all began down there. So we cut back to the 70s. Paola has been tied to the torture table. Eduardo comes down, he tries to feed her, but she's like, please untie me so I can eat, promise I won't run away. So he begins to untie her, but just then Felipe, who by the way is wearing a black leather jacket, mm-hmm. he comes down and he's te- he tells Eduardo to leave. Eduardo leaves and Felipe pulls out a big hammer and then a knife and he's like threatening Paola with it. And he says, honor is very important to my family. I don't know if it's important to your family from wherever it is that you're from. Honduras? And she nods. She's like, yes, that's where I'm from. I'm from from Honduras. And so Felipe says, is there honor in your country, Paola? Honor is very important in my family. Imagine if this got out of, of the... Out, imagine if this got out to the papers and they found out that La Condesa was a murderer. They'll say that her entire family were criminals. So all of this stuff... Shut up. Yeah, like, fucking shut up. But it's very, again, classist. Like, is there honor in your little country? Hay honor en tu país? Yeah, oh, like... fuck you, you like, fucking prick. Yeah, like, the, clearly this guy thinks he's, like, so much better than, like, an entire fucking country. Ugh, what a yeah. dick. But an interesting way to show, like, classism. But it's it's also this, like... I don't think this script gave us enough reason for this guy to, like, be, uh, you know, like, ready to murder for his shitty family. Like, like we learn at the top, he's like, my dad doesn't like coming here. And, like, so if you're if your family already is suspicious of the person that lived here in the past, obviously we also hear it from Sandra being like, my mom never talked about this place. So it's like, we know there's something fishy attached to it. Yeah. Uh, and so him being like, we love honor and my family and I would do anything. And why would we talk about this murderous person? It's like, I don't think you, you gave us enough reason to, 
to be so about your family. You know what mm. I mean? I need a little bit more uh, exposition on family honor stuff to mm. be for you to walk in here and be like, well, honor to us is very important. And I don't know why he's British, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think um, interesting that like the little mentions of the family, even from Sandra, from Felipe, like it's all like my dad doesn't like us to come here. Sandra says like my family didn't really come here, which suggests to me that the family knew about what happened yeah. here. And so they're just trying to keep the secret. Oh, I will that say, makes sense. Okay, but, but, yeah. but that being said, I hear what you're saying because from what I'm understanding by this guy's performance, Felipe's perfor- the actor who played yeah. this dude, he didn't know about all this shit. This is right. not something yeah. that he knew about. And so it is interesting that he's so like immediately just like, I'm ready to murder. Like, I'm pulling out a, a big motherfucking hammer and a knife. Yeah. Now, not necessarily, like, he is threatening her at this point. We haven't quite gotten to that place, but it is quite a turn. You know what yeah. I mean? So I hear what yeah. you're saying. I hear that. Anyway, so Felipe is like, honor, honor, honor. My family is so honorable. And <laughs> he turns his back to her and he says, don't you understand that these secrets are bigger than you or me? Y la Paola screams out, Si, entiendo. And she grabs the bowl of food that Eduardo had brought down with him. And because Eduardo had like loosened her restraints a little bit, she's able to free her hand. She smashes the bowl into Felipe's face. She frees herself from the torture table, torture table, and she runs out of the basement with Felipe chasing her. Get out of there. Angelica and Eduardo also hear the commotion, so everybody runs out into the woods chasing after Paola. And then we're back in the present day. Deborah and Sandra go down into the basement because remember, Deborah was like, I want to go down there. And again, Deborah starts to have like a hazy vision and she sees a bunch of young women tied up down here in the basement. Mm. And she says, they're here. There's even one tied up to the table who was duped into being a housekeeper. And we see a young woman tied up to the torture tape, torture, ta- I can't say that, torture table. <laughs> and there's a man standing nearby sharpening a knife. And then we also see La Condesa, Isabel, standing nearby over this poor woman. Also, we do get like a clear shot of um, Deborah's eyes here, and they were so pretty. I was just like, look at these gorgeous fucking like hazily brown greenish eyes. Anyway, so in she's very pretty. The, oh, she's gorgeous. In Deborah's vision, she sees this dude sharpening the knife, basically like either stab or slice this poor woman on the tortured table in the neck, basically draining her of her blood, which we see pouring into the bowl. And then in the vision, La Condesa all of a sudden like looks up, sees Deborah, and Deborah passes out. Okay, back to the 70s. Angelica, Felipe, Eduardo, they're all chasing Paola through the woods. Felipe finds Paola, attacks her, but she pushes him off her and he lands on some rocks, either like slap, snapping his spine or his neck, but he's dead. He's dead. This was very uneventfully odd. Like I was like, oh, this is how he dies? <laughs> uneventfully odd. <laughs> Yeah. Like he literally like slips and falls. That's and it. like she pushes him a bit. It. 
bam, he lands on a rock. Y se murió. That's it. Okay. <laughs> so Paola runs off, but then bam, Angelica hits her in the face with a huge tree branch, knocking her out. Cut back to the present day. Deborah wakes up in bed and she finds Sandra talking to La Condesa in, again, like a hazy vision. I wrote, girl, you better leave. She is in cahoots with that ghost. Cahoots. Yeah. Cahoots. And Cahooting so, it up. Cahooting. And so Deborah says to Sandra, what did that woman just say to you? She's bad. <laughs> and Sandra's all like, who are you talking about? It's just you and me here. And then Sandra grabs a spoonful of something. No, don't girl, that, don't you Carl. do it. And she says, oh, the doctor said this would make you feel better. So Deborah, which f- when did you go to the doctor? Cuando? You you, you oh, don't want to call, call the police? Doctor. You can't exactly. Not the police. You don't want to call the police, you but you call can call the, the doctor. There is still a dead body out there, you still. son of a bitch. Yeah. I don't trust you, España. Not okay? for a second. Pero la Débora hesitantly, hesitantly takes the quote-unquote medicine. Mm-hmm. And after taking the quote-unquote medicine, Débora says, her name is Isabel. She killed a lot of girls and she took their blood. Sandra says, Isabel, that's the name of the character in my book. You're just projecting everything that I told you. It's just your fever. When you get better, we'll finally go to the police and file file a complaint. But for now, just rest. So later on, Deborah wakes up and she goes down into the basement. But before we see what's down there, we got to go back to the 70s, everybody. So we're back in the (laughs) 70s. Eduardo and Angelica sit around the dining room table and they're clearly upset because Felipe is dead. And we discover here, Angelica... Paola's dead. Oh, yep. Angelica, I think she killed her. Killed Paola in the basement. She absolutely did. She fucking killed her in the basement. I mean, not that, like, she fucking whacked her on the face with a huge-ass tree branch, so, like... I, but I think she, like, took her down there and finished the job. 100% agreed. Yes, absolutely. She fucking killed her in the basement. So Eduardo clearly freaks out, and Angelica says here this hoe. She's like, nobody cares about that girl. Nobody's going to ask about that girl. Nobody knows that she was with us. We'll tell the cops that Felipe had an accident in the woods. I need you to go into the basement and bury Paola. And fucking Eduardo, who's just a sack of of fucking soupy potatoes, walks away just doing as he's told. (laughs) A sack of soupy potatoes. Gross. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. Okay. So we cut back to the present day. And in the basement, you know, Deborah's gone down to the basement. And down there, she sees Paola's dead body on the torture table. I can't say it. Torture table. (laughs) (laughs) So she freaks out and she runs upstairs. Sandra finds Deborah freaking out. And Deborah's like, they killed Paola. We need to go to the police. Pero la Sandra, of course, is like, calmate, 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 calmate. Okay. Mm. Cut back to the 70s. Now, Eduardo is in the basement crying over Paola's dead body. He grabs a shovel. I mean, sir. You let it happen, dick. You absolutely did. So he grabs a shovel and he seems to be ready to bury her when he has a change of heart. So he runs upstairs. And Angelica, who is sitting upstairs, is all like, where are you going? And Eduardo says, I'm turning myself in. This is my fault. 
I'm going to go to the police. Angelica tries to stop him. She slaps him. So he throws her to the floor and he runs outside the house. Cut back to the present day. After Devora's freak out, Sandra has taken her back upstairs to put her in bed. So once Devora is in bed, Sandra takes her cell phone and she calls the police. Pero as soon as the police pick up, Sandra seems to have a change of mind. So she hangs up the phone. We're back in the 70s, everybody. Eduardo runs outside and he realizes, shit, he doesn't have the car keys. Angelica has followed him, so he grabs her and he's demanding that she give him the keys, but she embraces him and she says, listen, I'm upset too. I loved Felipe too. But then we see that she is secretly holding a big ass knife. Mm -hmm. They embrace, they cry, and then slice Angelica, stabs Eduardo in the gut, and then all of a sudden, we see Devora is here. And she's like watching this happen. Like she is having a vision of this from the present day. Yeah. So she watches as Eduardo pulls the knife out of his gut. And then he stabs Angelica in the gut. Uh-huh. And as Eduardo is bleeding out on the driveway, Angelica, also bleeding now, stumbles back into the house she goes down to the basement and I guess dies down there? Sure. Question mark. And then we get this weird vision of Paola <laughs> presenting Eduardo with that fucking bowl of gross squid ink chili at the dining room table. Same as we saw before that they what I saw before in the film. Because when we saw it originally, it was that hazy, like ghostly, you can see through them kind Mm. of effect that we have. And the way that this scene starts is Angelica wakes up in bed. It's like the same. It's the morning of that we saw originally. She gets up. Fuzzy butt morning. Downstairs. Yeah. Fuzzy butt morning. She comes downstairs and he's already down there shoveling squid ink into his face, right? And Paola has given him this bowl. Like, she's the one who's serving it up, this fucking gross squid ink chili. Yeah. So, like you said, Angelica and Felipe come downstairs. They're in their same, like, 70s outfits, their same gear. Yeah. They sit around the table as Eduardo is spooning in that fucking gross chili. And Paola is just like standing nearby. So this is what I'm getting. This is their own personal like death hell cycle. Purgatory. Yes. This is a cycle. Him eating the chili, like not vomiting, but like spitting it back up and then re-eating it. Like this is a cycle. Generational trauma. That's what's being established here. You're not dealing with your past. So you're going to get stuck in this fucking cycle you you basically brought this on yourself because you wanted to hide the secret. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so in this vision, basically, Angelica gets up and to Felipe says, well, let's get the fuck out of here. And they start to go. But La Paola says it's impossible to leave. This is that another thing that I was like, no entiendo, porque why does Paola know this information? Like, why... Does she understand this cycle that they're in? Right. And and why do these other three people like because she almost seems smug about it. Yes. She's like, she's the one kind of in charge. Milk piece of shit like kind of thing. Yeah. And she's the one that gives the squid ink 
bowl of stuff to Eduardo. And I'm like, no entiendo por qué. Because if we are to uh, compare it to the original scene of them having breakfast together and they're like, oh, yes, this book, isn't it weird? And would you like coffee and whatever? That's that's not the vibe we got in that scene. In this scene, she is standing over on a chair, looking down on them, like having the power, basically. Yeah, yes. But it's like, it's never revealed por qué. Like, it's why the same does she kind of thing. seem to be in charge? I think what they're trying... So she's dead. Like, all these people are dead. Yeah, yeah. But it seems to me like Paola is the only one who, like, didn't make the generational trauma mistake. Like she wanted to bring it to light. So it's like, it seems like she shouldn't be punished. And so they're like presenting it that way. Like she's like, there's, she's so in charge. She was the victim of these people. So she gets yeah. to have a little bit more. But then I'm like, but that's still a fucking horrible punishment in the afterlife. I have to stay here with, I, these, with these assholes, assholes? and yeah. serve them squidding chili and like and be milk? a bitch to everybody. No, this sucks. Yeah. So this, I was like, I don't quite get this. Well, get ready to Me like neither. more confused, more confused. So just then during this dining room table scene, Deborah and Sandra walk in. And it's like they're it's like when they first walked into the house with their grocery bags. Like it's the same exact scene when Sandra found that fucking can of tuna fish, the expired can from the 70s. And Sandra even says, like she did in the beginning, oh, this can of tuna fish expired in the 70s, 40 years. And Angelica in the same room says, holy shit. 40, 40 years. years. They all say it together. Like Angelica, uh, Felipe. I don't know if Eduardo says it because he's shoveling uh, squid ink in his face. But Angelica and Felipe like look at each other and they're like 40 years. Yeah. Like it's this moment of dawning on them that they didn't even realize they've been there doing the same Stuck. thing, I guess, over and over. Yeah. For 40 years. Yeah. But then all of a sudden we're in that scene from the 70s with everyone sitting around playing Monopoly. And we see La Condesa is also standing there watching this. And Sandra and Débora are here too, looking at that Polaroid. Same thing of when she was like, oh, look at these two guys in the picture. These were my uncles. And now we get a voiceover. Another mm -hmm. voiceover. But this is Sandra's voice. And I, I listened again. I think this is a different voice from the voiceover from the top. See, I wrote, so she must be the narrator from the top because they're both España accents. Yes, I Because the one from the top was Españolísima. Right, yeah, conciencia. And here's, right. yeah, conciencia. And then here comes Sandra being like, sh -sh 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 zapatos. Yeah. Pero I believe they're two different voices. Okay. okay? I'll trust you because I didn't so... go back to double check. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So, but this is fully Sandra here. So she says, uh -huh. this house held a lot of secrets and I was willing to unveil them. Débora had a special sensitivity and from the moment we walked in, she realized we weren't alone. Débora even found the photo album but didn't open it. I, on the other hand, needed answers, so I looked through the album. And by the way, we see all of these this happening as the voiceover is telling us what's going on. Right. So Sandra continues in her voiceover. Aside from the horrible pictures of women tied up in the basement, I also found a letter from my mother. Just like me, she wanted to discover the secrets of this house. 
For years, Isabel, la condesa, had her butler bring her a bunch of young women. They were girls from poor families or poor nearby towns. La condesa had a lot of money, and that gave her a lot of power. One night, one of the girls escaped and told the authorities of the atrocities that took place in the house. So some nearby neighbors went to go to try try to save the other young women, but it was too late. Macabre blood rituals had already finished them off. So she continues, people decided to take justice in their own hands, so they first hanged the butler, and then they hanged Isabel, who apparently smiled right before her execution. Nobody knew why she wanted the young women's blood. No one has ever spoken of these crimes. My mother's interest in the death of her brothers led her to discover the story about Isabel. Grandma Isabel manipulated the entire situation and had managed to keep the secret hidden for generations, a secret that I have decided to reveal. And then we see Sandra again trying to make a call, I believe in real time, but it doesn't work. But okay, but the phone call moment that you're talking about, that's just us reliving that moment of her calling the fuzz, right? I don't think so, because when she called the police, she didn't say anything and we heard whispering. Now uh-huh. she calls, but for some reason can't get through. I think they're two different instru- oh, yes, instances. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're, you're yeah, right. You're right. I remember I now. And then all of a sudden, oh, God, everybody just hold on. Hold on. We get yet another flashback. And it seems like this is in the 70s when everybody was like down in the basement looking through through like the torture basement. And we get a close up of Isabel's eyes like when she's being hanged back in the fucking day. Right. And it seems like the 70s people being in the basement alerts Isabel. Like literally she looks into the camera is like, hello, who's touching my things <laughs> down there? And then... In a series of scenes, like flashbacks of the movie that we've just watched, yeah, we see Isabel's ghost whisper things to a bunch of the characters. So this was the fucking whispering. Show the shusha, show the shusha throughout the movie. That was the whispering throughout. So like we wow. see Isabel. You know what? Uh-huh. I didn't. I know that this is like technically we're revealing that here, but I understood this earlier in the episode when you were like, and then we hear a whisper, and I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that was that the entire time. I did not Throughout attach it film, at all. Yeah, I didn't put it together. This, that was Isabel ghost walking up to people right in their ear and being like. So we see her like go up to uh, Felipe and he's like, you got to kill. She says, you got to kill Paola. And then we see the ghost going up to Paola being like, grab that photo album right there. Whispering Mm -hmm. to Angelica, kill Paola. So basically Isabel manipulated this entire situation. Right. We get another one of those close up shots of Isabel's eyes and they turn dark. Mm. Shark eyes. Shark eyes, yes. In the present day, Sandra stands in front of the basement door, which opens on its own, and she goes down into the basement. And meanwhile, Deborah is just looking like shit, stumbling through the woods. Just stumbling through the woods. 
And we see here, now we get a bunch of flashbacks, but to our like present day story where we see that Isabel's ghost was also whispering to Sandra throughout this entire movie being like, you have to keep the secret. Don't call the police. Hang up the phone. All this shit. Right. Poison Débora. I knew it. Whoa. So she fucking poisoned Débora. Duh. (laughs) Which we were like, don't fucking take that quote unquote medicine. And finally, out in the woods, we see Débora just pass out. And when she wakes up, she's back in bed. So she goes downstairs and again sees this vision of Paola feeding the 70s people the gross chili. Like, there is Eduardo Angelica Felipe sitting around. And Débora says here, I don't understand what's going on. And I wrote here, (laughs) I don't understand what's going on. (laughs) Same. I must say, like, having watched it twice, going, like, talking through through it, with you now, like I am, like oh, okay, I'm kind of piecing it together more. Pero the I first still time, I'm not fully there, dude. I'm doing a lot better, but the first time I was like, "What the fuck <laughs> yeah, is happening?" Especially in this ending. Yeah. So after Deborah, I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> Paola turns to Deborah and says, "You're dead. We're all dead." And then Isabel's ghost walks in and says to Débora, let's go. Isabel turns to the basement door and says, she doesn't matter any- matter anymore, like motioning to the basement door. And then we hear Sandra banging on the basement door from inside, like screaming, yeah. let me out, let me out, let me out. And now we see, now we're in the basement with Sandra. She's freaking, not in the basement, but at the top of the stairs, like banging on the door, let me out. And from behind her, La Condesa appears and she pulls Sandra into the darkness. This was a missed opportunity for a jump scare because it's pitch pitch black behind her. Pocket of terror. Uh, She's just like, hello. Hello. Slowly appears. (laughs) Not a moment of fear. Like, honey, you could have spooked me. It's a sweet hug from behind. Just an embrace of love into (laughs) death. All right, everybody. La Condesa, Isabel, walks in and she is covered in blood. So she takes Naked. a bath, desnuda. And I was like, so this is literally a blood bath. But I think she's like washing the blood off of her body. Like she's doused in blood. What was your take? I think the tub was meant to be filled with blood. Interesting. Because this is what I'm gathering here is this an this mm-hmm. is an Elizabeth Bathory situation here. Like bathing in the blood of young women. That's Elizabeth Bathory, right? Is that correct? I believe so, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting here. Bathing in blood, keep me keep myself young. So she's bathing in this fucking literal bloodbath. She looks right into the camera, she smiles, blackout. However, mm. that is not the end of our film. We're back in the house. And we see a woman from behind. She's sitting in a chair and she's typing away. We hear another voiceover. Now, this voiceover is the same voice from the top of the movie. Okay. Pretty sure. Okay. So the voice says in, you know, Spanier, Spanish, every story has an end. But what is our end? Maybe death is just the beginning of another story that repeats and repeats and repeats over and over and over. The woman stops typing. 
turns around in her swivel chair, and we see that it's La Condesa, Isabel. But she's dressed in, like, modern clothes. Yeah, she's wearing, like, he- like stiletto heels yeah. and, like, a fucking business lady suit. Yeah. And Sassy her hair glasses is, like, on. done. Yeah. yeah. She's all she done got a up. red lip or something. Like, you saw this businesswoman walking down the street yesterday, you know? Yeah, you're like, fuck? Wall Street? Man? Yeah, yes. Totally. So La Condesa leans back in her chair. She seems super pleased with herself. She's smiling. She's laughing. She looks right into the camera. Fin de la película. Questions? <laughs> so is she alive again? Girl, I don't and know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that bath of blood, was that Sandra's blood? Or Deborah's blood? Both. And she's a ghost. How is she getting the blood out of this, out of these people? I don't understand. You know what? The only thing I will say here, I was like, okay. Bloodbath, Elizabeth Bathory, want to keep young, you know, like, I don't know how that's cyclical, but like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want things to change. I want things to stay stay the same. Sure, whatever. Keep me in this place. Yeah, Pero, I guess. But that, I, I don't know if now she's alive again, if that was the purpose in the, the full thing was the purpose to yeah. bring her back to life. It's enough for me to be like, okay, I am unclear, but I get what you're saying here. Like history repeating itself. If you don't break it, it's just going to continue to repeat itself and it will stay just as like evil and rotten and nothing will change. But that stands alone aside from the confusion that I feel from the ending of this film. Like, I can't make this out. Why is she in modern clothes? I have no idea what the fuck is going on here on this day. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You know what we should do? We should get into some trivia. Let's fucking go. Let's do it. Vamos. Uh, Like you said, I found this very interesting. And I don't know if this is actually true or not, but. The truth is, yes, this was filmed in Ellicott City, Maryland. And then right next to it said where the Blair Witch was also filmed, which we just did. And I was like, oh, well, in my mind, I'm like, well, we're in the Maryland area. So I'm sure anybody can be like, yeah, "Yeah, where Blair Witch was. But close enough. Yeah. So there you go. But let's talk about Mario Ramos, who is the director of this film. This is his IMDb. It says here, film and television director and producer, five-time National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Emmy Award winner. Wow. From the years 2016, 2017, 2019, 2020, and 2021. Damn. Mario Ramos has worked for eight years as director of production for Univision Washington. So that is probably where he got his Emmys yeah. from. Highlights of his cinematographic career include his short films Vuelve con Nosotros from 2016, nominated and selected in several international film festivals, and Chocolate from 2017. He produced and directed the documentary Brigade 2016, which portrays the work of a group of doctors in a medical brigade fighting to fill gaps in the mental health system in Roatán, Honduras. Wow. Very cool. La Condesa is his debut feature film. As a photographer, Mario Ramos is the recipient of the Jose Martí Award given by the National Association of Hispanic Publishers in the U.S., 
He was also a bronze medal winner for photojournalism slash human interest by the American Society of Photography. That's very cool. His work has illustrated the covers of multiple books and has been featured in U.S. institutions, including the Washington Post slash El Tiempo Latino, CBS Radio, American University, and Univision. As well, contributing columnist for the opinion magazine Casi Literal, his articles and stories have been published in digital magazines and online media such as Agrafos and El Pulso, and as a book, Una Antología Casi, li Casi Literal, 2016 to 2019. His second book, after Framing Time, a book of photography in 2012. Currently, he is the director and founder of Cabeza Hueca Films and co-founder of Casasola Editores and Agrafos, a literature, arts, and politics magazine. He is also an honorary ambassador of Plan International Honduras. Let's talk a little bit about Cabeza Hueca Films. On their website, cabezahuecafilms.com, which I think is such a great name for a production company. Cabeza Hueca means hollow head, can highly relate, so uh, <laughs> love it says on their opening page, we are a passionate group of storytellers with a unique multicultural vision. We are a Latino-owned, multilingual, and multicultural Emmy-awarded video production, video production and animation company. We enjoy being an extension of your internal team, whether you are looking for a crew to supplement your in-house capabilities or need full-service production from script to post-production. We create video-driven stories that effectively communicate your idea to your audience. We focus on listening to and collaborating with our clients to bring a strategic and creative vision to life. You can find some of their work besides on their website. You can find them on Instagram at Cabeza Hueca Films. And uh, they have a bunch of fun shots of shoots and things like that. So <laughs> if you're looking to make a movie or something, give them a call. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Diana Poe. Diana Poe, her uh, IMDb bio says, Singer and actress Diana Poe was born in Santiago de los Caballeros and grew up in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. She started her journey as an actor at the age of 17, starring in a local production of High School Musical on stage. Cool. Which probably means she's a baby then. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Playing the lead role of Gabriela Montes. Oh, that's Vanessa Hudgens's character, if hey. I'm not mistaken. This opportunity propelled Diana to pursue acting professionally in New York City, where she's been living for over 12 years. Hey, girl, you're my neighbor. Nice. Diana recently premiered her first feature film, La Condesa, and released her new single, Sal Pa Fuera, Come Outside, which was co-written, composed, and co-produced with music partner Gilberto Diaz under the music duo name Stie. I, I read it as Tetextie. <laughs> what it, what is it? What is that's it? wrong. It's spelled T-E-T-X-I-E, -E, con un acento en la E. Tetextie. I'm going to trust you. Bo is currently working on Tetsie's new music project and constantly releasing new music. And you can find them 
on their Instagram, which is at T-E-T-X-I-E. But it's this little cute duo. They have some music videos on their YouTube, which I saw that was fun. Fun beats and stuff. She's very cute. Her partner is very cute as well. Fun times. And that's the end of my trivia. So, here we go. This is my trivia for today. I highly recommend going to the website of this movie, which is just lacondesamovie.com. And it's pretty, it's a pretty like stacked website. They have a lot of links to other articles and things like that about the movie. And it has a cast page. And I just thought it'd be interesting to kind of like go through the cast members because like we said, this is such like people from all over the place were in this film, which I thought was really, really cool, especially, especially on a Latinx, Latine horror podcast. So let's start with Sebastian Stiman, who played Eduardo. He was born in Lima, Peru. He is a theater oh. and movie actor. He is the winner of the Hola, Ace, ATI and Lata Awards given in New York, New York. Very, very cool. Nice. Yaritza Owen played Paola, and she was born in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. Hey, girl. Mm -hmm. She is a journalist and television reporter living in the U.S. Yaritza was the first runner-up in the Nuestra Belleza Latina competition produced by Univision. She is the spokesperson for several well-known brands in Honduras, and La Condesa is her acting debut. Good job, girl. Good job, girl. Quick thing I wanted to mention about Diana Pau, who, like you said, is from the Dominican Republic. So again, just adding, we're people from all over the place in this movie, which is great. So this is what we mentioned earlier in this movie when we talked about oh, I that. Thought, I thought you meant about her band. That That's why she was singing. But uh-huh, what is oh, it? This... no. So... The song that she sings in the movie uh-huh. is a song, is her song, Pancakes de Avena. So you can check it out on YouTube if you want to. It's got like, it's it's not just her. It's like, a, I guess it's Tetsche. It might be her duo, yeah. It, I think it's the duo, yeah. And so you can hear her singing Pancakes de Avena. So I assume that Mario, the director, was just like, hey, why don't we just have you sing this little snippet during our movie? Why not? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm, says Eileen Um, Anya Guillen who it doesn't say where she's from but it does say that so she played Angelica she studied at uh, Miami-Dade College in Miami she participated in the television television series Burn Notice which I was like never seen but definitely heard of that show so very popular good for you and CBS slash NBC's Passions I don't know what that oh, is. Oh my pero... god! It's a Passions is a huge uh, soap opera. It's like uh, the craziest one that there is. Sounds it's, like a soap they opera. Have Passions, yeah. a witch of some sort ever at, at one point who had a a little person as their like fucking sidekick. This and, sounds so uh-huh. familiar. And like it's the storylines are the craziest Nuts. of all the soap operas that oh, there I are. Oh, I love it. That would be such a fucking great gig to have is just to have a, a recurring role on a soap opera. Oh my God. Yeah. Give it to me. All right. 
So let's talk about Gonzalo Trigueros. He was born in Argentina. He is the one who played Felipe. So it says here that Gonzalo is a film, television, and theater actor. Also winner of the Ola and Ace Awards in New York City, New York. Nice. Among the highlights of his television work are his roles in the stars show Power, directed by Mario Van Peebles, Mm -hmm. Instinct, and A Little Late with Lily Singh. Yeah, Lily Singh. She had um she was a YouTuber and she got her own like late night talk show, which is probably what he's talking about. Very cool. And also Power stars 50 Cent. (laughs) No fucking way. Yeah, I mean, these people are really like they're doing things. They're they're, they're working their work. Yeah, Good for absolutely. You. Also, let's talk about Luz Nicolas, who was born in Madrid, Spain. Um, I just wanted to mention her. She played La Condesa and she mm-hmm. will come back into my trivia later. So just wanted to mention that. Now let's talk about Peter Pereira, who played the butler. <laughs> So random. Interesting. So he is from Paraguay, so yet another country. Okay. So he is Love a theater it. actor and winner of two Helen Hayes Helen Hayes Awards for the plays like Conjunto Sobresaliente, Othello, and King Lear. So that to me, I was like, wait, 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 Helen Hayes Awards, because for those of you who don't know, in DC, it's in the Helen Hayes Awards are basically, I mean, sorry, but are like the Tonys of the DC region. So yeah. Very Theater cool. Award. So I was like, yeah, let me let me look up this guy. So I found this website called teatrodelaluna.org. And so they have a Wikipedia page and it says here Teatro de la Luna is an Arlington County, Virginia theater founded in 1991 that aims to preserve Hispanic heritage. It houses <gasps> events including the international festivals of Hispanic theater, Latino film festivals and immigration film festivals. So for uh, for also for those of you who don't know Arlington County like it might as well just be fucking DC. It's like, right there. It's there, right next to DC. So it says here, like, Peter Pereira has a bio at the Teatro de la Luna website. And it says here that he holds a performing arts diploma from Trinity College, London. His acting credits with Teatro de la la Luna are lengthy. Like, if I mentioned it, we'd be here all day. But I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because this dude has also worked at Synetic Theater Company, which is local to the D.C. area. He's worked all your at Studio Theater, Gala, Hispanic Theater here in D.C., Washington Shakespeare Company. So I was just like, whoa, I think this guy is local. And I actually think that Mario Ramos, the director, might be local, too. Like when you say yes. Univision Washington. He is local because that's where Cabeza Hueca is. It's a Washington-based yeah. pro, uh production company so yes that wouldn't i wouldn't yeah. be surprised so i don't th- that's like not washington that's why there's State. a connection no it's no no DC. it's washington dc yeah which i was like this is super cool because all i all of a sudden i'm discovering like all these like local people who worked on this film i just find that really really cool at least, lo- at least local for me living here in dc and also not and also the fact that they shot in maryland another yes. reason like that it's yeah yeah totally So just one last little thing about Peter is that he was one of the founding members of the Fingers and Thumbs Theater Group in Paraguay. Cool. And he played leading roles in both Spanish and English in shows such as Waiting for Godot, 
Jesus Christ oh. Superstar, Evita, Grease, a bunch of fucking shit. The man is busy. Very cool. You were in Evita and I, I was, was in Greece. Hey, and, uh, look at that. We're all, all tied together. <laughs> We've all done theater. You know what? I, so I do theater in D.C. I bet you someday I'm going to meet this man. I honestly was Somehow. waiting for you to be like, I looked him up and then it turns out I know Peter or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I'm disappointed that that wasn't the case. Also, I think maybe you should send an email to fucking... Luna Theater and be like, hey, guys, I'm a working actor and very Honduran. Give it to me. Yes, absolutely. Agreed. Will do. <laughs> I just wanted to add a few more things about Marcos Ramos, who was the director of our film. So this was from IMDb. Uh, so just wanted to say he was born in Tegucigalpa, Honduras in 1977. I didn't get any like actual uh, like birthdays from people in this one. Interesting, because we always right. like to find out their... Um, That's true, their signs. Their signs, but didn't find that. I just wanted to mention that... So you you mentioned Plan, Plan Internacional Honduras. So I was like, what is mm -hmm. that? So I found the website. You can look it up. Plan Internacional Honduras works in Lempira, Copán, Santa Bárbara, Choluteca, La Paz, Intibuca, and San Pedro Sula, which is where my mom is from. Mm -hmm. Our work supports families and communities so children up to the age of six grow up in a protective and inclusive environment. We also support children between 7 and 14 to stay safe and in school so they gain the knowledge they need to follow their ambitions. We work with young people between 15 and 24, particularly women living in extreme poverty, to develop the skills they need to get good jobs. We also support them to learn about their sexual and reproductive rights so they can control their bodies if and when they have children. I put in the if Amazing. because not everybody wants to have kids. That's true. In addition, our advocacy work increases the voices of children at local and national levels on the issues related to their rights that affect them most. So just thought that was That's should add wonderful. that. Wonderful. Yeah. I found an interview with Mario uh, on, I believe it was Honduran TV, where he was like, life is a marathon, not a sprint. So just keep going and you can make things happen. Because this dude is like really successful. I mean, all these fucking Emmys making shit happen. Yeah. And he specifically like, he was like, it's a catracha thing, not just for football, but for life. Like, go make it happen, which I just loved so much. So, catracha. Um, catracha. Okay. And then I found this interview with him from revistaestilo.net. It was uh, written by Brenda Ortez. So she asks him, like, how did this all come together, this movie? And Mario says, it all started in Los Angeles in 2016. I was having coffee with Sebastián Stiman, who was in one of Mario's short movies. And they were like, what should our next project be? And that's when this suspenseful story came to light. Mm. And so in this interview, I found out that like he wanted to work with Luz Nicolás specifically. I think he had worked with her prior. She played La Condesa, but then she is actually the casting director of this movie as well. So she, I saw this in the in the yeah. credits, which I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so she cast everybody and like way Mario to cast was, yourself as La Condesa. Uh, <laughs> I think she was cast like first, and then she went like he trusted her to do that because they had a relationship. But he was mm -hmm. very specific about being like we we really worked hard to make sure that there was like good chemistry between everybody. Cool, nice. 
And so the interviewer, Brenda, asks him here, what about Honduran talent in the movie La Condesa? And he's like, well, get ready, because there is a bunch of it. So I'm just going to list it for you here. So he says, well, first of all, him. He's the director. <laughs> right. The, the screenwriter or the, the guy who wrote the script, Oscar Estrada, is from Honduras. Ana Isabel Martins was a producer. David Estrada was cinematographer. Carlo Erchen worked on, worked on sound. Adrian Guerra worked on VFX. Kevin Garcia worked on, was like the colorist of the film. And of course, el debut, debut, debut de una joya uh -huh. llamada Yaritza Owen, who was, you know, uh, Paola in this film. So apparently filming for this movie began like right when COVID-19 started. And oh, shit. Yeah. So it says that they like filmed this, I think, in like two weeks. They had Whoa. to just like make it happen super, super fast. And he says that in the state of Maryland, where they were filming, everything was about to close. And for a while, they thought that they were going to have to like stop production. But they decided to just like be safe, like find a way to make it work and just do it. And they made it happen. And more than that, they all got out of it. Nice and like safe and sound and Unscathed. healthy. Yeah, thank goodness. So she also asked him, like, where we are our worst critics. Uh, you think La Condesa is missing anything? <laughs> Which I was like, oh, that was a brazen That's, question. I, I know, quite wow. brazen. And he says, I'm my worst critic, um, sometimes too much, he says. And he's like, in, in the case of La Condesa, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more money. Sure. Uh, mm. I would have like, you know, kind of like figured out more detail or given it more detalles, you know, like kind of like finessed it a bit. But he's like, I like it how it is. I think we have a good movie. Finally, she asks him, where was it filmed? And he says, in Ellicott City in Maryland. Now, what's interesting is that La Condesa was filmed almost entirely in La Mansión de Lilburn, which is one of the most famous Haunted Residences of Ellicott City. So, uh -oh. let's talk about the Lilburn Mansion, everybody. Uh, but before we get okay. there, I do highly recommend checking out this article because it's pretty in-depth and she asks him a bunch of like interesting questions. So, please check it out. All right. Lilburn Mansion, everybody. This is from Wikipedia. Lilburn Mansion, also known as the Balderstones Mansion or Hazeldine, is a historic home located in Ellicott City, Maryland. The mansion has been popularized by haunted house storytellers. So, I literally found the site hauntedhouses.com. <laughs> <laughs> and it has a page on the Lilburn Mansion. So, Amazing. I'm not going to read all of it. Highly recommend checking it out because it's spooky. Uh, all it, it does have listed here manifestations. And it says that oh. there is a little entity of a small child that makes its presence known by crying in an upstairs bedroom, which is spooky. No. Housekeepers have seen an apparition of a young girl wearing a chiffon dress playing in various rooms of the mansion. No. <laughs> this entity of the same young girl was seen walking down one of the hallway, hallways with an entity of a man. <laughs> and so it says here the, uh, that that might be like a father, du father 
daughter ghost duo, maybe. Quien sabe? Ghost duo. Also, the form of a male apparition once materialized in a doorway right in front of a witness. The aroma and sometimes the actual presence of cigar smoke drifting through the air is noticed in the library. Mm. The heavy chandelier in the dining room began to swing with vigor during a 1960 family event, which surely livened up the party, it says here. (laughs) (laughs) This chandelier did the same thing in front of a future owner who lived here several decades later. It also says a vase of flowers elevated off its stand and turned itself over, pouring the water and dumping the floral arrangement on the floor. Anyway, it's listed a bunch of like spooky stuff. You can check out this website to find more history on the house. And that is my trivia for today. How about I ask you some questions? Yes, please. Jonathan, were you scared? No. Were you? No. What was your best scare? There was a moment toward the beginning of the movie where Felipe heard that whispering and he puts his ear up to the door and you hear like more whispering and like crying down in the basement. I thought we were going to get like a slam on the door. So I was like, I honestly was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to see it. But nothing happened. But I was like tense at that moment. So that's going to take it for me. What about you? Me was when they go down the stairs the first time and that fucking flickering light bulb. I was like, I don't trust this. I don't like it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So it was just like going down the stairs with that flickering. I don't like flickering. uh, What is that kind of bulb called again? Fluorescent, like a fluorescent Fluorescent. tube. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like What's going to pop out of me? Yeah. Stop flickering. Yeah. Also, we all look terrible in fluorescent light. Oh, the worst. Are you kidding me? Terrible. Who was your favorite character? I gave it to Paola because she was the one who was like, we need to call the police. We need to do something. We can't stay in this fucking cycle forever. We need to change it. And also she was from Honduras. So I gave it to Paola. So uh, how about you? I also gave it to Paola because she seemed the most head on her shoulders kind of gal. Yeah. What was your best line? Uh, I wrote, se colgaron los tenis just because I had never heard it before. Debra's line. Sure. Yeah. Se colgaron los tenis. What about you? <laughs> Odio el atún. Ah, has so much to do with our film. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Uh, what was your best death? I give it to the Eduardo and Angelica double stabbing. That stabbing never ill, gross, hate it, too painful. So. I gave it to that, too, because the fucking my guy falling over, I was like, that's how he dies. And then we don't even fucking see Angelica. Die. I mean, not Angelica, la, la Paola die. Right. Y lo mismo con la Débora y la Sandra. La Sandra gets sweet, sweetly hugged into the yeah. oblivion. Like, An embrace of death. Yeah. An embrace of death. So, yeah, I gave it to those two stabbers. Mm-hmm. Um, did you learn anything from the culture? No, I don't think so. Did you? I mean, I I guess I learned se colgaron los tenis, pero not really about the culture. Yeah, I don't know if that's even a Honduran thing. No, yeah, yeah. About Honduran culture? No, absolutely not. Did no. you learn anything? I mean, what was the name of that book that they were talking about at the beginning? I don't even eh, remember it. Corpazar? So no, I didn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 no, I didn't learn anything. Sure. <laughs> And out of five ooze, how many ooze do you give this movie? I gave this movie two and a half ooze. Um, I gave it that score because I think it's a good looking movie. I thought for the most part, the performances were 
good, not great, but good. You know, I was like, I'm with you. Love the 70s styles. I just, the reason I gave it a two and a half, which is not the best score, is because it just kind of like, it got a little muddled. There was, there were like a lot of ideas in here. I like the idea of like generational trauma, this like cyclical thing. We have to bring things to light and we, you know, to be able to like get past them, uh, which isn't always necessarily true. But that being said, like, I just feel like there was a little bit too much going on here. There could have been some editing. I wasn't scared when I think I should have been. Uh, But again, you know, like, I like that there are so many people from all over Latin America working on this project. I love that it's uh, mainly Honduran. Love that. Uh, But I didn't think it was great. I thought it was just fine. So two and a half. How about you? I gave it two for Mm -hmm. all the same reasons you said. It's it's very well shot. You can Mm. tell that these people have a good experience when it comes to like technical stuff, very good space performances were honestly pretty decent. Yeah. I think the issue is in the script and uh, there was a, just a a little bit too much confusing things. Like why is she, we never know why she dips her body in blood. Like that's, we literally never find out why she'd do it. Sure. Like we know a uh, great idea of like, is it an Elizabeth Bathory thing? Yeah. But we've never, we, no one has confirmed that to us. Right. Why is she alive at the end? What is going on? So, and like you said, every moment that was meant to be scary was not. The, they literally pass by a window and the Condesa is just standing there. And I'm like, Hello? <laughs> it almost yeah. felt like is did she know that she was not meant to be on set right now and she was just like, "Oops, I'm here." I'm, I'm here. Oops, I'm so sorry. Just going to stand still and hope nobody notices me. Also, <laughs> I just very me. quickly need to mention there was another missed moment at the top of this movie where we see like a mirror and it's dark. There's like a pocket of terror. I swore we were going to see something spooky. Nada. Like nah. I just feel like there were missed opportunities. Yeah. So, it's too bad, but you know, if you want to look at something nice, Put this movie on. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but also, like, you know, make things happen. Y'all made a movie. You brought together a bunch of Latin American people. Listen, Good job. Good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a it's not a easy thing to do. And performances are there. Everything else is there. You know, sometimes it just doesn't go all the way. What yeah. are you going to do? Yeah. Agreed. Well, I got to go down into my basement. I keep hearing a flickering light bulb. And uh, I think it may be a torture room but i gotta find out uh, but thank you so much for being here with us we appreciate every single one of you you're the freaking best uh, i know it's almost december now but happy halloween to everybody out there we happy love you halloween. very much and we think you're the spookiest spooks that ever spooked make sure to subscribe rate and review wherever you listen in cualquier plataforma make sure to follow us on our redes sociales at wikiorror on instagram and twitter you can find every single one of our movies on our link tree link tr.ee slash if you have any suggestions or want to send us nice letters of love send us an email at wikiorror at gmail.com thank you to Sonoro for being the haunted mansion that holds all of our family members and our bowls of squid ink chili (laughs) you can follow them at Sonoro podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well Thanks again to Aide from Mex Mex Icons Art, which mm-hmm. we finally know we how to it. say we got it. for being a sweet baby and sending us gifts. And Johnny, 
If I were to soak my naked body in a bathtub of blood, I would hope that it is of yours. <laughs> Got it. Anytime. Anytime you need all this blood. Yeah, keep you keep me young. I keep you young. <laughs> yes. I fucking love you. I fucking love you too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adiós. Adiós. Uy, qué horror. Es una producción de Sonoro. Produced by Jonathan Atkinson and Eileen Clark. Edición y mezcla. Karina Riverol. Escuche Uy, qué horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Adiós. Adiós. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.